Um, I'm interviewing a Dr. Christine Sauer. She is a MD as well as a naturopathic doctor who um, grew up in Germany, now in Canada. Um, she has written several books, uh, The F-Word Diet, Eating for Vibrant Health, and My Daily Sparkle and Gratitude. So we'll ask her about uh, each of those and uh, just does a lot of uh, health and wellness coaching and so we're just going to kind of pick her brain today and uh, see see where the conversation goes. So, um, Dr. Sauer, welcome to the show. Thanks, Greg. And uh, I'm happy to be on the show. And since we're both doctors, usually we don't say the doctor. That's fine with me. <laughs> okay, very nice. Um, well, uh, tell us, I guess, if you will, a little bit about your story. Um, you were, you know, grew up in Germany and, and trained as a, a physician end up moving to Canada. And, and as I mentioned, now you kind of practice more, um, you know, wellness type medicine. So just kind of talk about that transition for you and uh, why you kind of switched what you were doing. Just tell us a little bit about you and what you do. I'd be happy to. So I grew up in Germany and I became a physician, a naturopath, which is not an unusual combination in Germany, interestingly. And uh, I married, had children, the typical wife thing. And uh, I still worked in the family practice that we together had and uh, was very successful by all means, opened my own dermatology practice, one of the only ones in, in Germany that had six weeks wait time. I had a lot of fun, but I worked 14 to 16 hours. It was way too much. The stress was too much. My marriage was not happy. The children were hard to manage. They grew older, teenagers, and uh, I didn't know what to do with them, honestly, at that point. So something had to give, you know, the stress, it affects your health. So for me, it started with back pain. So I got back pain and uh, it started one day. I never had back pain before. And that evening, I was in severe pain and just made it home in bed the next morning. I couldn't walk. So I went to the hospital, had to learn to walk again. I had two slip discs, took me four weeks. I walked again. I started to work next disc slip. So I gave up medicine because I couldn't work. And then the second thing hit my ex-husband. Well, my ex-husband, he decided to commit suicide. So I wasn't feeling good. And we had immigration papers to Canada before that. <laughs> so I thought, well, how about everything ended here anyway? Let's go to Canada, make a new start. It was kind of a dab in the unknown. And the children were 15, 16 at the time. And they didn't know what was expecting them. I didn't know it. And so we went to Halifax. Uh, it was in the end, it came the best decision. But at the moment, it was very hard. Uh, I fell in a deep depression because medicine had been my passion, my purpose, and I had nothing besides it. So I was really depressed. And at one point I tried to commit suicide. By the way, that's interesting thing because I was on antidepressant as I gave everybody. But then the psychiatrist that was 1998 decided to triple my dosage. And that triggered me to try to commit suicide, mm. which we well know now as a side effect of SSRIs. I'm not a big fan anymore, obviously. And so I ended up in a psychiatric hospital for four weeks. I was really miserable for, for many, many months. And slowly then I pulled myself out by the hair of the hole. And then at some point, it was years later, I already had met my new husband. He's from here, from Halifax, a wonderful guy. And uh, I reinvented my life. 
And I said to myself, you know, the decision that people make that are chronically ill, I had chronic back pain, I was on morphine, I was on codeine, I was on psychiatric drugs, I was not living, I was existing. So I said to myself one day, that is not the life I want to live. I want to have a different life. I want to be able to connect back with my purpose and make a difference in people's lives. Now, I could have gotten my medical license, but they lied to me too from the medical establishment. They said, oh, just take those tests and then you can work as a physician after you worked with a few other doctors for a few months. So I took the LMCC one and two, I passed them. And then I went back to the College of Physicians and they told me, oh no, you're not from a Commonwealth state. You need a new residency. So at that point, my question was, is there part-time residencies? And the answer was no, with no options. So that didn't help my depression. <laughs> so over time, and I laugh at it now because it's long ago. So then I made my decision. I want to do something else. What can I do as an unlicensed physician and naturopath? Hmm. But I thought I become a health coach. Why not? And doing everything wrong, thinking just, oh, become a health coach, put a website up and people will come. And like many health and wellness coaches realize, it's like putting a billboard in the desert. <laughs> Nothing exactly happens because people don't know you. And I dabbled a little bit local, but I happen to live in the smallest province in Nova Scotia, that, uh, in the smallest province, one of the smaller ones, and one, one of the poorest provinces in Canada where the people have a very negative mindset that I was trying to change, but not very successfully. So at some point, I realized what I was doing best. I took, like many coaches, more education. I aligned myself with Dr. Daniel Amen. Uh, change your brain, change your life. I took myself against the uh, uh, advice of my local physicians, kind of funny, of all medications, replaced them by natural supplements and lifestyle options. And then I decided, why not write some books and about what I know and publish them. I self-published them. I wrote collaborative books that have been becoming, uh, have become bestsellers, which is nice. I did a TEDx talk that didn't get published on TEDx because it wasn't streamlined enough. <laughs> but I have the recording because it was recorded during COVID, which is nice. So... And I share that with clients. Uh, I just published it under a different name. It's okay. It's, uh, it, it is what it is. So it's interesting. And now I work mostly with what I call holistic brain care. I help people to rehabilitate their brains like I did mine because psychiatric medications damage the brain. And it takes months, if not years, to rehabilitate the brain, to function again, to be able to really think and think clearly, get rid of the brain fog. Now, at the same point, I was overweight. I was 150 pounds overweight. So at, in 2006, we went and had weight loss surgery in India, was the cheapest option. And, and uh, I have kept the weight off since then which uh, is another thing, because it's not so hard to lose the weight, as you know, it's harder to keep it up, keep it off. So mm -hmm. I now focus on helping people with different issues like weight loss problems that have emotional eating issues too. 
because mm. I'm good in both areas. Many people that are depressed, either they don't want to eat, then they lose weight, or they eat extra, then they gain weight. And then I noticed many of my depressed and uh, overweight clients had, and I don't call them patients, I call them clients, uh, they had inflammation. And inflammation contributes not just to weight issues, but also to depression and many, many other health issues. And uh, at the same point, there's, the gut health was very important. So I took a gastrointestinal mastery course to be able to interpret the organic acid test properly and help those clients with bio-individual nutrition. And so I expanded to uh, children and youth with ADHD and autism because it's a very important group of, pe of people nowadays that are dull psychiatric medications and they are damaged for life unnecessarily. Mm, and I'm not yeah. totally against those medications. I'm against the long-term use mm -hmm, of those yeah. medications. Yeah. So that's very my nice. story. Yeah, well, uh, congratulations on your transformation uh, and, you know, getting off all those, you know, drugs. So let's talk about that a minute, because looking at your website and stuff, you you kind of specialize in a lot of mental health. And uh, as you well know, and listeners well know that, uh, you know, kind of conventional medicine, if you go in and say you're anxious, you're depressed, first thing they're going to do is put you on a SSRI, which is, you know, Paxil, Prozac, Lexpro, Selexa, there's a, a number of them. Um, and and, and certainly those are not without side effects. Uh, and, but so talk about your approach to mental health and how you help people, uh, you know, through supplements. I don't know what, what, what are your typical recommendations uh, when somebody, when, when you're working with somebody specifically for depression, anxiety, those, those type things. Well, typically the people that come to me, they have a very long history of mental health issues because they have tried conventional options. They are on medication. Sometimes they even have tried TMS or other options and they just didn't get better. And now they want to uh, go to the causes of the whole thing and want to finally get the help they know they can get. They somewhere know they have. So I developed actually a program and strategy to help those because it's the same story that I had. It's for years and at some point you're, you're had enough. You want to get better and I call that to sparkle because you recognize it. When you see somebody that's really depressed, their eyes are dead. But then when you rehabilitated it, you look them in the eyes, they sparkle, they have that joy, the energy, the vitality back. That's what the clients want. So I can help them, and we always start with what I call a five-dimensional holistic health assessment, where I really go in depth, and uh, it's a series of online questionnaires where I ask all the questions, I uh, determine the brain type, I use the questionnaires developed by Dr. Daniel Amen and some modifications by myself. I find out what type of depression or anxiety, if they have, they have. If it's children, what type of ADHD? If adults, what type of ADHD or attention deficit? It's really not a valid diagnosis in my books. It's totally over-diagnosed. Those labels, I call it labels. They label you as sick. It's, it's terrible, especially for children. They learn that they're victims now, and they settle in that instead of reaching for their potential. And uh, from there... I go then and coach them around what they need to do. So we develop what I call a life strategy plan, which includes supplements, a nutrition plan, an exercise plan, and the whole 
gamut of lifestyle options that really in the Western world we lost. But in many countries and cultures, and even when I, when I in Germany, when I trained as a naturopath, we learned about all those options like hydrotherapy. It's great balneotherapy. It's wonderful. And people don't even know that in the morning a cold shower resets their adrenals, whereas in the evening it's better to have a warm shower if you want to sleep. Those basics are totally mm. lost and sad. So that's yeah. what I do with, with clients. And after about a year or so, uh, they are from sad to sparkle. And I'm not mm. taking them off the medicines to start with because there are withdrawal symptoms and they can be sure. severe. Yeah. And many have tried yeah. just to take them, not, no longer take them. So if anybody listens to that and takes those, don't suddenly stop them. Sure. Get an yeah, yeah. experienced practitioner to put you on a targeted plan or you will have severe withdrawals. Yeah. I don't want that for you. It's terrible. For sure. So what uh, what supplements do you like uh, specific for depression you know, and or anxiety? That's a very interesting question, and there's not typical supplements. I have uh, I make an individualized plan for everybody because I find there's not one supplement that helps everybody, and it depends on, a, on, a, on many factors. Now, generally, anybody should take a very good multivitamin mineral. Pretty much anybody is deficient in vitamin D and K2. Pretty mm -hmm. much everybody needs magnesium. Pretty much anybody needs omega-3 fish oil or the vegetarian alternative, which is krill oil. And not krill oil, which is a phytoplankton, uh, marine algae-derived omega-3s. That's really basics. And then, of course, it depends on their situation. There may be certain B vitamins, there may be zinc. And that's what the omega, the, the organic acid tests help to de determine what they really benefit from. And uh, I did the courses from Julie Matthew of, on, uh, on, on bio-individual nutrition, which goes very deep into the biochemistry. I'm a fan of biochemistry mm -hmm. and Krebs cycle. And I try to optimize it without breaking the bank and without many patients fall to the fallacies that either buy something that's really expensive that they don't need, but they have not, the basics are not right. They don't mm -hmm. eat anything healthy. I mean, I'm sorry if you are Twinkies yeah. all day. The best supplements can get can't get you healthy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, let me ask you about your book. So you've written several books. Uh, one is called the F Word Diet. Yeah, uh, it's a so, fun project uh, of mine. Yeah. So give us just kind of a brief summary of of that book. The F Word Diet is about uh, is, is for people that are overweight and label themselves with the F word. They look in the mirror and they say, oh, F, I, I hate what I'm seeing. Uh, I can't stand myself. I don't know what to do, so I better eat some more <laughs> because that's a typical reaction when we look in the mirror. And I was like that. I looked in the mirror. I hated what I see. I got bigger and bigger. And I said to myself, oh, F that. So I had that idea. And then I made it as uh, one of the books that uh, uh, actually helped with, uh, to establish. It's, a com it's actually, a, um, sorry, I, it's, a, it's a conversation between a doctor and a patient, a fictional patient. So it's a, it's a, it's a half an informative book and it's half an entertaining book. 
because I didn't want to write another textbook. There's lots of them out there. The Obesity Code by Jason Fung is excellent or stuff like mm -hmm. that. They are mm -hmm. long and happy. This is a book that's easy to read. The Effort Diet, it's really easy to read. And it has information about intermittent fasting, which in my opinion is one of the best methods, at least to start losing weight. And we know that it helps with longevity, which is your mm -hmm. specialty too. And it helps with uh, pers uh, persistent weight loss and it liberates people from that constant uh, deprivation thing that they many weight loss patients go on. I can't eat that. I'm not allowed. But if you're not allowed, your brain says, oh, you don't want it. And then they eat. Yeah. Uh, so you wrote another book called Eating for Vibrant Health, which I love that title because my clinic, his name is Vibrant Life. And so yes, uh, love that. So what? Um, tell us about that and maybe what's different about that book than the other diet book. I wrote the Eating for Vibrant Health and Explosive Energy for uh, my clients, really, because I got always asked, what can I eat when I go to the grocery store? What should I choose? So I made it very simple and I broke down the food groups and I wrote, uh, I classified each food groups in three parts. What is recommended or optimal to eat? What is acceptable if you can't afford or get what's optimal? Because I live in the northern climates. We don't always get the optimal food. And many people can't afford organic or biodynamic food, which obviously is best. And then what better to avoid? And in the beginning, I write a few articles about what I think about food quality, food preparation, processing food and uh, uh, the difference between um, uh, a fresh local and has been on the store shelves for six weeks and still look good. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. uh, okay. Uh, and then uh, lastly, you wrote a book called My Daily Sparkle and Gratitude. And My so Daily tell Sparkle us a little of bit Gratitude, a journal to brighten your day. Now, this is, I wrote that for my mental health clients that uh, need to have a little bit more established that gratitude attitude. It's not really a habit. I had a client tell me, oh, I have to do that gratitude thing. Like it was a task. Now, it's an attitude that we have in every moment. Right now, I'm grateful for so many things at once, for being with you, for being happy. Having electricity were just basic things. We can have an attitude of gratitude. And Dr. Amen, one of my mentors, he said in the brain scans, we can see that being the grateful equalizes the brain and makes it function better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, good deal. So uh, you also host your own podcast and um, it's called Sparkles for Mental Health. So tell us a little bit about that, how long you've been doing it, and just maybe some of the uh, topics that you discuss on the podcast. Well, I started that podcast in 2017 as a local radio show, and I called it Healthy Alternatives, which is okay, but it was really non-descriptive. And over time, when I developed my real love for mental health focus, I said, all my guests, I always had guests. And they share stories of struggle and overcoming that struggle. And the mental capacity, the brain, the, the mindset is so important for tenacity, for getting out of the hole, overcoming challenges that inevitably life throws at you. So then I thought, 
I rebrand it as Sparkles for Mental Health because really that's what I'm talking about. How we can grow personal growth in five dimensions, in all five dimensions, physical, mental, social, spiritual, and financial. Okay. And I have people of all walks of life on it, from a pastor to fitness guys like you and and and, and holistic and functional doctors that sometimes, uh, and, and even I had people that are, uh, Ron Williams was a bodybuilder, a natural bodybuilder, great guy. Mm -hmm. okay. okay. Well, very cool. Um, all right. Well, um, are you still with me? I am. My, my computer there freezing. you go okay i'm sorry it, it yeah it paused there for a second it, it kind of froze so uh well uh so sometimes i i like asking people about their kind of daily routine so you said you like intermittent fasting i mean you've written books on diet so tell us what a typical day looks like for you as far as eating exercise fasting you know your kind of what you do for mental health, meditation, whatever. Um, you don't have to go into detail, but just kind of tell us what a general day looks like for you. That's a very good question. Thank you. And I don't really spend much time anymore on it. What I do in the morning, I usually get up between four and five because I'm a morning person. And uh, I the first thing that everybody should do, that's actually a good tip for anybody. When you get up, before you even get up, you put your legs out of the side, Put your naked feet on the floor, feel the cool ground, stretch your arms in the air, and says, Ah, it's gonna be a great day. And if you like affirmations, it will, you can say them then. And then you go to the washroom and start your day. And it has already started as a good day. That's uh, crucial for mental health. Now, then I usually go in the kitchen because my husband is, all, is still sleeping. And then I have my three-minute exercise because I'm lazy. I don't like to go to the gym. I do my exercise at home. I do intentional, intuitive movement. That means in everything I do, even when I'm sitting on the computer, I engage as many muscle groups as I can. And there's also where the mindfulness comes in because I did Tai Chi for a while and I like certain forms of yoga, not all. But And, and, and that is important too because it combines the strengthening of the body with mindfulness and mental calmness, which is very important. And then I start my day. I usually have a cup of coffee. Why not? And I have whatever for breakfast. I cannot eat for breakfast, and I experimented with that. I cannot have anything carb-rich, for example, even nuts or, 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 or organic oatmeal or something. I cannot have that. It makes me tired. In the morning, I need uh, protein, so I usually have an egg and bacon or something like that. And uh, then I can start my day. And I'm not on the computer. I'm very busy, so usually I don't do much. I get up every now and then and do some uh, Tai Chi exercises. And, uh, or I do the three-minute exercise by Zach Bush to get my energy back and help a little bit. And then uh, after the end of my workday... Workday for a coach is often a little cut up. I'll walk my dog sometimes when the weather's nice and my neighbors think I'm crazy because I move my whole body when I walk. <laughs> I'm not just blop, blop, blop. That's my idea of intentional intuitive exercise. That's how I keep my weight off. I use my muscles every day. 
but not by going to the gym, but by using them for every little move that I do during the day. And that way, I still have muscle mass and I still burn more energy than most people that just sit on the chest of you do nothing. Of course, if you like the gym, if you want to go to the gym, it's great. I don't mind the gym. I just don't take the time to go there. But if it's, if it's a good gym, you like it by all means. And in the evening, usually my husband cooks and we like good vegetables. We like meat. Meat is wonderful. The more the animals are natural, we used to have chickens. Now that was gorgeous. Fresh eggs from chickens that are on the grass that eat the herbs. They were so wonderful. Now we get them from a farmer nearby. Not as good as our own were, but they were good. And it's fun to see the chickens actually in nature and walk. When you look out of the window, you see the chickens walking around. <laughs> They're such sweet animals. I spoke at the Toastmaster, the chicken, the misunderstood animals. I don't like chickens being confined to those cage batteries. I think it's cool to the chickens. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I have no problem eating chicken and killing animals, but I have a problem being cruel to animals. This is not sure. the same. And I think it's important to distinct that because some vegetarians and vegans are very, very, uh, let's say, they, they, they say every killing an animal is bad. And I disagree mm -hmm. with that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, very nice. So uh, your website is Doc Christine, and that's D-O-C-C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E.com. Okay. Uh, is that the best place that people can learn more about you and your services and what you do? Absolutely. Okay. I just had a big makeover. The website looks nice and, uh, and is much more functional than what I did myself before. So, uh, uh, yes, stockchristine.com by all means. And if you okay. Google my name, you land somewhere where my website link is. Okay. All right. Uh, and then, uh, once again, your um, podcast is Sparkles for Mental Health. So, uh -huh. uh, okay. Well, um, as we wrap up here, I always ask my guest if they could give us one health tip that would make us healthier today. What would you say to that? I think the most important tip is when you do something, be fully with it and do not try to do 10 things at once and try to do one thing after another in the right order. This is really good for health and don't feel bad if you make mistakes because we all do and it's not helpful. If so many people nowadays are stressed. And on my website, and otherwise, I have a little video that I give away for free with the course. I call it the Instant Calm Formula because I help people to de-stress and calm anxiety and worries in less than 10 minutes. So I, invi I invite you, if stress is one of your problems, go there and get your Instant Calm Formula. It's really good. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much for just sharing your story and... Um, a little bit more about what you do. And so uh, would encourage everyone to just check out her stuff. And so as always, I appreciate everyone listening and uh, we will talk to you next time. Okay. Okay. Yep. Uh... Hi folks.
folks, and welcome to Sparkles for Better Mental Health, Growth in Five Dimensions. And today I'm extremely happy to have a new friend of mine, Dr. Greg Dennis, on the show. Hello, and you're from Oklahoma in the States. Yes, ma'am. Yes, thank you for having me. I'm very happy to have you. Now, tell me a little bit about yourself. I know you're practicing as a physician in Oklahoma. How did you get mm -hmm. to become the person you are today? Yeah. Well, so yes, I'm a, a family practice physician in Oklahoma, as you mentioned. And I, uh, along with my wife, we have a practice called Direct Primary Care. So for those not familiar with that, uh, Direct Primary Care is where we don't We've gotten away from the insurance model, uh, which is um, you know kind of corrupt. That's a whole nother topic. But uh, and and so we just people pay a monthly membership, and so with that they can see us as much as they want. Basically, you know we can they can text us, message us, and uh, so and and when you get away from the insurance, then you're free to kind of practice how you see fit. And I've found since doing this style of practice that uh, when you take all the middle people out, uh, it's actually not that expensive. You can get MRIs for really cheap. You can get labs for really cheap. And so uh, so that's been kind of cool. But uh, when you're, uh, you know, not um, under the, the corporate medicine um, umbrella, if you will, and the insurance, then you can really practice uh, to make people well. And, uh, and, and, you know, really get to the root problem and we have a lot more time with, with patients. And so that's what the direct primary care model is. And then I would say, um, you know, I, I'll go a step beyond that. And we really try to practice wellness-based medicine, which is once again, trying to get to the root cause. And instead of just throwing medicine at them, like conventional medicine does, we try to get them off medicine. Uh, now I'm not anti-medicine, but uh, you know, it's hard to, um, optimize one's health, which is what we really strive to do when people are on, you know, a dozen different medications. And so, uh, I practiced in the corporate medicine world for many, many years. I had a huge practice, uh, and, and, you know, practiced what I call evidence-based medicine, which is kind of a scam in and of itself. Um, and, uh, you know, and I was lucky because, one day I just kind of had this epiphany that my patients weren't getting any better, uh, even though I was doing everything in the standard of care. So uh, if, you know, if they had high cholesterol, you know, I was putting them on cholesterol medicine and uh, I was throwing all these medications at them for their diabetes. And so on paper, every, they looked good. You know, their, their cholesterol was low, their blood sugar looked good, but they were still overweight. They, had arthritis, they were miserable, they were still dying of heart disease, they were still having stroke, you know, they were having all these chronic illnesses and they weren't well. And so one day I just thought, you know, there's got to be a better way. And so I went on this kind of deep dive and just really started learning on my own. I've always been into to fitness and health and wellness, but I never really practice medicine that way because that's not how I was taught. And so, uh, I, I went on this deep dive and the more I kept learning, the more I was like, well, that's not what I was taught. And so I started implementing some things when I was still in corporate medicine and realized that I could actually 
heal people. I could actually, in many cases, reverse type two diabetes and nobody ever told me that. And so the more I kept going, uh, you know, into that, it, it was not, I just, it wasn't a very good fit, uh, to, to be in that setting anymore. And so, um, I joined my wife in what we're doing now, uh, in, in a clinic and that's called vibrant life direct care. And we had just opened our, our second location here in Oklahoma. So. Wow, that's that's gorgeous, and and I love the way you said that. How you slowly found out that really what conventional medicine does is mostly putting band-aid fixes on in the form of medication, mm -hmm. and if it is not good enough, they throw a second medication on it instead of at least offering the the patients some lifestyle options with the and 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 giving them the hope that if they implement it, actually they can reverse diabetes. Mm -hmm. And not just that, they can get their sparkle back, as I say. They can get their mental health back. And they yeah. don't need all those drugs that they supposedly do. And I find it very obvious in the mental health field. What's your experience with that? Yeah. Well, for sure. You know, I mentioned, you know, diabetes as an example, but yeah. in, you could take mental health, you could take. Uh, in, in many autoimmune diseases, I mean, there's a lot of these chronic type illnesses that conventional medicine just doesn't have a good answer to and just, again, throws medication at them. And, and then, as you mentioned, if it doesn't work, you throw a second and a third medication. And so uh, now, you know, it's this what I refer to as a, a sick model of healthcare. I mean, so it's just these these patients are in this vicious cycle. So now not only are they not better with their mental health or their diabetes or whatever. Well, now they're on five or six medications and probably having some side effects from those medications. And so uh, their chronic condition is, uh, is not any better or worse. And now you have all these compounding effects from the medications. And so they're, you know, their life is just miserable. And, and that's when we get a lot of people, uh, either they're fed up with the, uh, you know, with, with the traditional system and, and they'll come, they'll find us and they're like, you know, I, I've been doing this for years and years. I'm on the sack full of medication and I'm, I'm not any better. Like I feel like crap. And, and so we'll get somebody in there or in here and, and, uh, we'll start working with them to really, uh, try to figure out the root cause. And, and most of the time it all, it all goes back to lifestyle. A lot of it, I mean, you know, and, um, you know, things for your mental health, which is kind of your specialty or, or their, their diet and, and their, uh, their sleep patterns and, you know, uh, their, physical activity and all those things. And it's unfortunate that, um, you know, conventional medicine doesn't even recognize any of that. Um, and, and I guess probably because there's no money in that, unfortunately, I think it all comes back to that. So <laughs> money for whom is a question. And we both know for whom the money is supposed to go because it's a pharmaceutical industry and the agroceutical industry. And those make the big money and, the, and they steer the politics. And it is very obvious to many, many people now. And that's the one that come to people like yourself and me because they're fed up, literally fed up with the food that they get yeah. because it's not really fake. It's fake. Yeah. And, and, you know, now that I'm on this side of it, looking back, I'm mm -hmm. like, how, um, I mean, I'm fortunate that I was able to, to now see it for what it is, but but I'm like, I'm surprised that more doctors, I mean, cause these are educated people and, and they're good meaning people. I mean, I still got a lot of friends that, you know, practice, you know, kind of conventional medicine, but I'm surprised that more people don't see it, uh, you know, for what it is, because 
you know, most of the time with conventional medicine, especially as it pertains to chronic disease, that, you know, people don't get better. Uh, uh, and, and now medicine does great for acute stuff and for trauma and, you know, things like that, but for, uh, the treatment and certainly prevention for, uh, of chronic disease, um, you know, it, it does nothing and many times makes things worse. And so I'm really surprised that more, uh, doctors just, you know, don't see that. That's a good point. What's your idea of why that is? you have any? I I think it's just because, you know, that's the way they're taught. And when you come up in a, in a medical system and, you know, as a young person not knowing anything, and then you look up to these faculty members who are really smart and, and they tell you, this is the way it is. And, and, uh, and this is evidence-based medicine and, uh, and, and you don't question it. And if you question it, then you're a quack. And, um, and, and so we just, it's almost a brainwashing. Uh, I'll be real honest. It's almost yeah. a brainwashing. And again, I think these are goodwill people, but yeah. uh, so, so we come up in the system kind of brainwashed to, to do this and to dish, to just practice this evidence, you know, what, what we call quote evidence-based medicine. And so I just think they, they don't know what they don't know and they just can't see uh, past what they've been taught. And it's been in, indoctrinated in them that, you know, this is the only way. And so I, I think that's why. And, and, uh, again, I, I did it for years and years, never questioned it. And, uh, even when people would come to me and, and, uh, you know, say, Hey, I, I found, you know, this alternative treatment, you know, that I saw on, online, you know, what do you think about it? And I'd just blow it off and I would say, Oh no, you know, I, I practice evidence-based medicine. And so, um, anyways, I like to tell people I'm reformed. Um, I'm, I'm a reform, you know, conventional medicine doctor, uh, because I've, I've been able to, um, see, you know, see it for, for what it is. So I, I will say that, um, with this recent pandemic, uh, more people have opened their eyes, um, and, and it exposed a lot of our conventional medical medical system. And so people have a lot more distrust in it than they used to. Um, and, and so if anything good came out of the pandemic, it was that. I couldn't agree, agree more with that because the pandemic was very unfortunate the way it unfolded and the way the government regimented what later turned out to be a big disaster. And it's, mm -hmm. it's still not fully known how bad it really is. But that's another point. But but I agree. And the sad thing is what I see when I talk with especially middle-aged and older physicians, and some of them are my clients because they don't want to go through insurance. They're afraid that somebody will find out what's going on and then they lose their license. So then if they need the income, the licensing in, in for physicians is quite a secure way to make money. And it's, it's a big hurdle to throw out your license when you do what they call still alternative medicine mm -hmm. and go into the private system. And it can be quite a deterrent for physicians. And I think that the physician burnout that we are seeing, the increasing, is not so much a work overload. I think it is this mental conflict between mm -hmm. what they experience as value. They want to help their clients. And the conflict between what uh, their regulators force them to say and do, 
if they want to keep their license. That con that's a chronic conflict. And we know that mm -hmm. those chronic conflicts are mentally so stressful that they can call depression and burnout. Yeah, you know, for sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, like I said, I, I think most people in this field are good-willed and they yes. want to do best, even though they, you know, they, they may still trust the conventional uh, treatments. Oh, yeah. But um, most of them, again, want to do best by their patients. But you're right. When they're in the corporate setting, many times their their hands are tied. And it's unfortunately, it's just it's not getting better. It's getting worse. You know, I was in it for you know, almost 15 years. And, uh, you know, just in that, you know, what I call short amount of time, it changed so much. And even I've been out of it for about two years, a little over two years now. And uh, just kind of keeping in touch with people, talking to people. It's even worse now than it was two years ago when I left. Mm. And and so, unfortunately, it's it's not getting any better. I mean, I still remember in the 80s, uh, I'm an older adult. I'm 61, but I love longevity medicine. So I'm all with you there because as an older adult, I want to stay healthy as long as I can. Of course, I mean, there's no way the body will eventually break down and we will die and that's fine. But I don't want to end up demented in a nursing home if we know we can For prevent sure. it. And uh, you do a lot of strategies to do that. What what strategies do you use in your practice to uh, help alleviate or heal chronic illness? Yeah. Yeah. So we're uh, anti-aging physicians, uh, as you mentioned. And so there's a lot of parts to that. Um, most of them, again, it, it comes back to uh, lifestyle. You know, you, you, you uh, clean up one's diet. I mean, it's, it's, um, you know, getting out the processed foods and, you know, eat, eat real whole foods and, uh, try to, uh, most people are, especially here in the Midwest, we have a lot of people that are overweight, uh, and, and so, or morbidly obese. And, and so working with somebody on their, on their weight and, uh, other things we like to do is optimize hormones. We feel like that's an important piece yes. in, in longevity, uh, for, for men and women, um, and you know, we, certain supplements now that's individualized depending on their needs and, um, you know, where they're at. And so, uh, you know, you just kind of hit multiple, uh, aspects to do everything you can, uh, to help them to, to, you know, live a, a longer life. And, and, you know, ultimately we want to improve their health span, uh, not, not just their lifespan, because what good is it to live to be a hundred if you're going to be disabled for 20 years of that. And so, um, you know, I tell people we want to improve their health span so they're healthy and, and vibrant. And so, uh, you know, I, I think we, we focus on decreasing risk factors for the, um, you know, the, the big ones, which are cardiovascular disease, uh, diabetes, you know, Alzheimer's disease, uh, those kinds of things, because the cancer and, you know, that those are the, the, uh, the, the big killers. And so if we can decrease risk factors for those, then that's important. And, you know, as far as longevity and stuff as well. Oh, that's a good point, especially uh, the way you work. And uh, what do you consider the main risk factors for those diseases? And I'm pretty sure it's not the same that a conventional medical doctor would say. Yeah. So first thing that comes to mind is going to be uh, what I refer to as metabolic health. Um, and I think uh, metabolic health is kind of a, a big term, um, but it's how well, you know, we process uh, our, our calories and, and glucose and, you know, things like that. And most people, at least around here, are very um, metabolically unhealthy um, and because, again, the foods we eat, the the um, 
uh, you know, the lifestyle that we live and they're stressed all the time. I mean, there's a lot of, um, you know, pieces to that, but you know, metabolically unhealthy people are going to obviously be at increased risk for diabetes, which puts you at risk for all kinds of things. It's going to put you at increased risk for cardiovascular disease. Uh, and uh, you know, Alzheimer's disease has some people refer to as uh, type three diabetes because it's been linked to the, you know, elevated insulin and insulin resistance. And, and um, so that's the first thing that comes to mind. Again, there's a lot of things we could talk about, but metabolic health would, would be um, the, the first thing I would tackle. Yeah, that, that that's a really good point. And for chronic illness, I love the image that Dr. Dwayne Quiderson puts in his book, The End of Alzheimer's, of the leaking roof. He said, if your roof has 36 holes, it's not enough to just plug one. You have to find mm. and then plug one after the other until the roof is fixed or put a new roof on it. And it, yeah. it, it's really what we do as functional nat natural uh, natural health providers that we fix all holes that we can find, not sure. just one yeah. and put a Band-Aid on it. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's definitely uh, multiple things and obviously it's going to be individual, individualized, you know, depending on, you know, the patient's history and, uh, you know, and, and their, you know, all, the, all, all kinds of things. So. so let's just assume that somebody's listening to that, just like myself, an older lady, 61, wants to stay healthy and well up to 100 or whatever. <laughs> and I would come to you and say, break, oh, Dr. Dennis, what can you do for me? How can you help me? What would you say? What would you do? Yep. Well, first, I always start out getting um, some blood work on, on somebody. And, and I usually will do my own just because I get a few, uh, I don't get crazy things. You know, some functional medicine doctors get, you know, a thousand dollars worth of lab and that's okay. That may be warranted in certain situations, but I mean, we get mostly basic stuff, but, uh, what I'm looking at is again, um, your metabolic health. And I, I do, I check that through a fasting insulin level as well as, um, I do like looking at lipid panels. I look at it a little differently than most, but I'm looking at HDL cholesterol and triglycerides. Um, and, uh, I'm going to look at hormone levels. I'm going to look at vitamin D levels. And so I look at all those things. And so, uh, I'm going to, once I get all those lab results back, then I'm going to teach them how to improve their metabolic health. And that's, um, through changing their diet up a little bit, in many cases, changing it up a lot, uh, maybe some intermittent fasting and get moving, um, exercise. I, I really focus on, uh, well, and especially for women, uh, is building or at least maintaining muscle. I, I feel like muscle is sometimes, um, not talked about enough. And, uh, I feel like muscle is very important for longevity, uh, and, and, and also for again, metabolic health. And, and so uh, unfortunately, um, nature works against us in that something called sarcopenia, which is the loss of muscle as we age. And so, um, you know, we really need to prioritize muscle. So I talk about that and how to do that, which is, uh, hormone optimization, pro, you know, prioritize protein, and then you got to work the muscles through exercise. And, and so we talk about all that. Um, so, um, I'm going to want to optimize your vitamin D levels. Um, and I'm, and I'm going to want to optimize, uh, your hormone levels that could be thyroid. Um, and that most likely in a, you know, 60 year old woman, that's going to be, uh, you know, other, you know, the, the sex hormones, estrogen, progesterone, uh, testosterone, which, um, I'm a, a big advocate of hormone, what we call hormone optimization. Yeah. Um, we use bioidentical hormones. I, I am not a fan of the, um, 
you know, estradiol and Premarin and, and those oral medications, but, um, uh, we like bioidentical hormones. And so if, if somebody is going to a practitioner that is, um, you know, trained in that and, and, you know, really hormone replacement therapy, in my opinion, is an art. And, and so, um, you really want to find somebody that, um, you know, kind of knows what they're doing and will work with you. But, uh, you know, I would want to, um, optimize hormones because not only is that going to help with longevity to decrease risk of osteoporosis, decrease risk of Alzheimer's disease, uh, again, be able to help maintain muscle. Um, but it also makes you feel better. Um, you know, when you have your hormones uh, optimized, then, you know, you're going to have more energy. You're going to sleep better. Um, you're just going to focus more. Um, your libido is going to be improved. So it, it really improves uh, all aspects and, and quality of life. Oh, that's amazing. So I, I think that those are all very valid options. And I know that's just a small fraction of what you do in your practice. So if somebody really likes what you do, how can they find you? How, they, how can they contact you? Yeah, probably the best way is through our website. Uh, it's Vibrant Life DC, which stands for uh, Vibrant Life Direct Care um, dot com. And then, um, you know, it, it talks all about our services and what we do. Uh, and then also my uh, podcast is on there and uh, I have a podcast um, called Fit RX. And um, I didn't talk about that, but kind of, you know, as I was learning, doing this deep dive, uh, you know, and, and learning all this stuff on my own about health and wellness and longevity. And I, I read all this stuff and, and I just, I couldn't get enough of it. And I thought, well, gosh, I'm just going to start a podcast and, you know, start talking about all this stuff, you know, that I've learned. And so anyway, that's what I did a little over two years awesome. ago. So yeah, it's been... I looked at the podcast and sorry, I didn't mention it, but it's a great one. And I listened to a few episodes and you share very important information. So I recommend yeah. that to all. And I will put the links to it underneath too. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for that. So. Of course, I love podcasting. I do my own because I love sharing stories and every podcast is different. So it, it, it is fascinating. And I love sharing podcast episodes from fellow practitioners that do really good work like you do. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So what's your website to send people to? Yeah. Uh, VibrantLifeDC.com. That is easy to remember. I'll also put that underneath your video and in the audio file note. And uh, that's it for today. I thank you very much for being on my show today. That's my and pleasure. Thank you for having me. This the end of this episode of Sparkles for Mental Health Growth in Five Dimensions. Make sure to uh, subscribe to the show and tune in to the next episode. Bye-bye.